Welcome to Kids for a Quid, the football show presented by kids. Hello and welcome. That was a bit of a funny start. And my name is Reuben and I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. My name is Elliot and I'm a Chelsea fan. And I am Chris, I'm Rue and Elliot's dad and I am a Forest fan as well. I don't know if you heard it at the start, but we were joined by a cheeky chimp. <laughs> there we go, chipped in at the start there. Confession from me, I pressed the wrong button. Um, all right, so boys, uh, we're on episode five already. Look at that. Episode five already, game week seven. So what we'll do is, um, as we normally do, we'll crack into our um, respective teams. So we'll go to um, Elliot and what are you going to do this week? What's it called? Potch Watch. Potch Watch. Okay, tell us about Potch Watch. Well... This week, Potch Watch has been successful. Okay, tell us more rather than just a, a little bit. Give us give us a lot more body on that. What, what, what's what been successful, Pochettino, this week? A win against Fulham and arguably, more importantly, a place in the round of 16 of the Carabao Cup. 1-0 against Brighton and 2-0 against Fulham. Rhea, what are you going to say? I was going to say, like, wait, is that actually a waste of a round of 16 shaves? Stage. Shave? <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, it's there already. That, that one starts early, doesn't it? Mm. So, Elsie, yes, it's a, it's a good, finally, finally, Chelsea have scored some goals in the league because Domino's Pizza Company had a bit of fun with Chelsea this week, didn't they? Oh, pardon me! They said that it was about, uh, almost, I think it was 10 million pizzas mm. that they'd uh, sold since Chelsea had oh. uh, last scored a goal. And then within what ten minutes uh, um, at Craven Cottage, they'd um, they'd scored two. Uh, ten minutes of each other. What did you think of the goals? First one, I thought should should. Sh- I think he could have done a little bit better with the finish because well, it was a calm finish, but I thought he could have. You thought he could have been better than going in. What were you hoping for? Two goals. <laughs> I, 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 at, the, at this moment in time surely as a Chelsea fan would you just take that as the ball was going because the second goal was the kind of luck you've been after wasn't it because it came off um, Ream wasn't it came off Ream hit um, old Broja and um, just rattled into the back of the net didn't no, it no from the highlights I looked it looks like Ream had actually tried to pass it to the Fulham player yeah I think and then Broja touched it. it it hit his shin got a deflection and went in but it's a goal, and there's two goals in the league for Chelsea. You, I'll surely take not that co- any dead. I was going to say you, you got to take that versus complaining about. Oh, he, he could have had a nicer finish to it. It went in the onion bag. <laughs> I had some stats for you. Okay, hit us with the it, stats, Elliot. It Elia. was Armando Broja's first Premier League game in 342 days. Was it? Wow! And he scored. Yeah. Fair play to him. So it was a great result for Chelsea. So you, a week ago, were talking about potentially Poch being on his way and um, joining joining um, the prestigious uh, Sack Race Winners Tournament. Do you, do you think now he's he's going to be given a bit more time? Nope. Poch is here to stay. Poch is here to stay. Okay, Rue, you're waving at me frantically. Like you're, you're trying to guff away a big old smell over there. What's going on? <laughs> um... Well, Chelsea haven't scored two goals in the Premier League. They've actually scored five. Three against Luton and two against Fulham. Sorry, Elliot was just trying to eat the microphone then. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's basically it's the first goals they've scored since those three. Yeah. That, that was what everyone was getting um 
everyone's getting really excited about um, over in Chelseaville. Um, so yeah, so Chelsea, Chelsea finally scored, and they've overtaken Forest in the table now as well. Woohoo! One place above Forest. So we'll come right. over to right. Forest now, Ruth. So Forest uh, home to Brentford. Um, and before the game, what were you thinking? Win, draw, loss? Well, our Forest thing's now called Cooper Watch. Okay, catchy. Mm. I like that, Cooper Watch. So what what were we thinking? Was that going to be a win for Forest or was that going to be a draw or a loss? I, uh, I reckon it was going to be a four, a 3-1 victory over Brentford, but we only grabbed a point at the city ground. Yeah, and um, first half, I thought Forest played, I don't know about you, but I thought Forest played quite well. They were attacking. They, they were going for the game and a little bit more kind of better finishing in, in the final third. And I think Forrest could have gone in a couple of goals up at half time. And then second half comes out and what happens? Brentford score. Well, before that, Nia Carter gets sent off. Nia Carter gets sent off. Brentford score from the free kick. And all of a sudden, what looks like a game that Forrest are in control of is now with 1-0 down against 10 men. What happens next? We score. And what a goal it was as well. Talk us through it, Ray. Gibbs White wins the ball, plays it down the wing to Harry Toffolo. Toffolo just dinks a cheeky little ball in. Yeah. Nico Dominguez on his home debut sneaks in, little diving header, lofts it all the way over the keeper. Trent and goes mad. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little bit like that. Elliot, you've had your hand up for what feels like a lifetime. Forrest also did have a disallowed goal in the first half. Yeah, he, he was quite offside. Um, so I was going to say, we're going to come to those uh, con- controver- or controversial decisions in that game because Matt Turner had a bit of a nightmare with his kicking. Um, and um, yeah, Root? He's going to be dropped out. He's going to be dropped, apparently. Um, you've been, speaking, from, to, you've been no, speaking to Big Steve, have you? No. You and Coop's formulating a plan? From my point of view, he's um, going to get dropped or the... Vladotrodomus oh, is going to make his debut. Odysseus Vlachodomidos. Yeah, let's just call him... we'll call him Dave. Odomus. So, yeah, so basically, Turner had a bit of a mare. He acknowledged it, though, and said he did need to work on some areas of his game. But there was there was a bit where you kind of felt Brentford were a bit hard done by and should have had a penalty. He took out, I think it was Whistler, he took him out. And that should have been a penalty. And there was a bit of a dodgy one at the end of the first half where it hit Dominguez and Bolly on the hand and Brentford didn't get anything. So kind of found ourselves on the right side of VAR or the wrong side because it was the wrong right, wrong decision. But you know what I mean? It kind of it benefited us. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about VAR in a bit, aren't we? Yeah, definitely a million bit. Yeah. So let's go into game week seven now. So... Um, was there any games that had like seven goals in or anything like that? Brighton, I mean Aston Villa six, Brighton one. No, yeah one. Six one. Elliot. Patrick for Ollie Watkins. Patrick for Ollie Watkins. Elliot, what were you thinking about that game Did, before the game? Were you thinking, oh, this is going to be a nil-nil draw? Or I was honestly thinking four-three to Brighton. Wow. So an away win for Brighton. Wow. Fair play. So what happened in the game then, Brie? It was a 6-1 win to Brighton. Brilliant goals from every single goal scorer for Villa. <laughs> it was a 6-1 win for Brighton. Brilliant goal scorers for <laughs> Villa. <laughs> 
Were you drinking on Saturday afternoon, Ruben? <laughs> no. <laughs> I drank two orange juices. Oh, that'll, that'll be it, won't it? So, yeah, so let, let's rewind on that one. So it was a 6-1 win for Villa against Brighton. Elliot thought it was going to be a 4-3 away win. So Ollie Watkins scores a hat-trick. Um, was it the result you were expecting, Ru? No way, Jose. No way, Jose. It wasn't, was it? I think everyone was thinking it was going to be a really tight game. And then Villa just seemed to absolutely just destroy Brighton. So, Elliot, you said earlier when we were chatting about this, about um, Brighton having quite a few games close together and, and that you were a bit concerned because they'd lost um, three on the bounce now. One but of them I was quite happy about, obviously. But but if, if you're talking from a Brighton point of view about the Brighton results, is, is you, you were saying you were quite worried about is there something going on behind the scenes at Brighton? Well, that'll be a new documentary. Well, potentially, but that's what I'm asking you, the question. Do you think there's something going on, or do you think... I think... Look, Deserby's a brilliant manager. I just think they're going through a patch of difficult fixtures. Okay, that's fair enough. So we're not jumping on the bandwagon of, oh, that's it, Brighton are going down, or anything drastic like that. It's literally a couple of bad games, and we think they'll be back on it against Marseille this week in the, the Europa League, yeah? Yeah, I definitely do. Although away in Marseille will be a difficult job, I think they can get their first European points ever on the board. Away in Marseille on Wednesday. <laughs> no, Thursday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> close one. Oh, so close. Dumb. All right. Anyway, ignore the puns. Bow. So we'll we'll move swiftly on and possibly edit that bit out. Um, Spurs Liverpool at the Lane or Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whatever you want to call it. That was a bit of a game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was absolutely jam packed with all kinds of shenanigans, with, wasn't it? With, oh, we're keeping Rue up. Red uh, cards. Red cards. Yeah, yeah. So how many red cards? Two. Two. Who for? Both Liverpool. So you've you've got to be a little bit frustrated if you if you're um if you're Jurgen Klopp, haven't you? If you've just brought on Jota. And he gets a yellow card, and then pretty much straight after he gets a red card. Rue, what you what are you saying to him when he comes back into the tunnel? Uh, you come back and see him at the, at the end of the second half. What are you telling him? You shouldn't have not got your red card, Jota. Okay. Was it helpful to the team? No, definitely no. not. And then I mean we've we've had there was lots of different decisions. So there was the the Luis Diaz goal that was ruled out. Do we think that was that was ruled out correctly or incorrectly, Elliot? What's your thoughts on that? Incorrectly. Yep. It was just a miscommunication between VAR and the on-pitch official. So we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit more depth in a bit, because that's quite a big talking point, isn't it? But Spurs getting themselves back in the game, well, getting themselves back in the game, um, it's coming into the 94th minute, was it? And then that, that ball gets played across, and poor old Matip, what does he do? Headers it into the back of a Tottenham Hotspur net. He heads it in with his left foot. He literally, you could see what he was trying to do. The ball came across and he tried to clear it and it's just come off of the top of his foot or his shin and it's just flew into the roof of the net. It was a, to be fair, striker, you'd be proud of that finish, but it was a pretty, pretty shocking, um, shocking moment for them. And obviously the the game's game's lost um, and it's a controversial decision for VAR 
um, in a couple of places in that game as well. So another game this week, which again we thought would be a fairly straightforward result, Everton Luton. Rui, what do you reckon? Well, I thought it was a win for Everton, not a win for Luton. Yeah, so Everton on two two wins in a row against Brentford in the league and in the cup against Villa, which is a, you know a tough 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 team at the moment. And then Everton go <coughs> having um, Luton at home. And uh, if you're an Everton fan, you're surely thinking, well, this is three points in the bag, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure most Everton fans were. But what they weren't expecting was for the Hatters to pull a rabbit out. I see what you did there earlier. I like that. That was good. Good one. Um, so, yeah, the the rabbits um, the rabbits pulled the Hatters out of the rabbit. No, let's try that again. <laughs> um, the Hatters pulled the rabbit out of the hat. And, um, yeah, against all odds, they, they turned Everton over at home. Now, as an Everton fan, you've got to be looking at the table and thinking, oh, it's early days, but these are the teams we should be beating. And we've got to be picking up points against these teams in the relegation battle that we presume we're going to be in. Um, so it is how much of a knock-on confidence do you think that will be to Sean Dyche's team? Oh, I think it'll be massive. But as for Luton, I think it'll have the opposite effect it has on Sean Dyche's team. You think it's going to be a real shot in the arm for them? They're going to start playing with confidence because they play, they play good football. They're just still adapting to life in the Premier League, I think. Rob Edwards was saying we've shown good patches against Chelsea and and Wolves in particular as well. Cause yeah, I mean, everyone shows good patches against Chelsea, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So, um, yeah, big shock result there. So let's go on to some um, t- chat about one of the other games as well. Probably... I would say the biggest upset of the weekend um, happened at Molyneux. Yeah, it was an upset for all of those Manchester City fans at Molyneux. The away end was probably crying out with tears when Wolves won at the end of the game. City fans, I reckon City fans were leaving in the 75th minute. It it was, uh, yeah, I I think there was a lot of... um, a lot of City players, uh, and players and fans coming away from that game going, I don't understand, we, this is a game we'd normally win. Um, w- what's happened? And, yeah, I mean, what a performance from Wolves. Elliot, what do you think? <coughs> well, I think it certainly pulled a surprise on us. But I think it shows that Man City cannot go unbeaten even if it's against small teams because yeah. if you look at wolves they 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 struggle they they're an average side they're not like your your arsenal's your liverpool's your spurs they're just the average side who stays in the premier league yeah and, and they they came close to not being in the premier league last season and um and um, I think Gary O'Neill's done a cracking job um, since taking over, and he, he's turned them into a into a, a really good footballing team. And and to to beat the uh, not not just the the English champions, but the European champions to to beat them at home, I think that's that's a that's a great performance from Wolves. And it's probably something that we we we've done them a disservice in, in putting them so far down the list. But um, there's just so many other good games this weekend. So any other honourable mentions this weekend? Any other good games that Manchester all Manchester all United nil, Crystal Palace won. Yeah, who saw that coming? After after Palace got destroyed by United in the Carabao Cup, who saw that coming? No one. Crazy. Roy Hodgson. 
well, yeah, probably Roy because he, he expected it. But um, got to feel a bit sorry for um, Dean Henderson, who got injured on his first outing as a Palace keeper midweek. Um, and it looked like it was a similar injury to what he had when he was on loan at Forest. So hopefully Dino is um, resting up and will be back out playing in uh, in no time. Any other games that we've missed this weekend, boys? I've got a particular one. Um, Fulham Chelsea. Oh, no, Elliot's given us a good song and verse about that. What about um, Bournemouth? Down at the Vitality. Yeah, Bournemouth nil, Arsenal 4. That was a bit of a spanking, wasn't it? Like I think, I think I expected it to be two one at least. I didn't think it to be like smash, smash, smash. Yeah, I think. Uh, speaking to a friend of mine who went to the game, he said that Arsenal were in the game, looking really good for the first twenty minutes, and then it just all all fell apart. <coughs> About West Ham, they played this week. No, I don't think. No, I, they I, didn't play this week. I can't remember. I, I was just thinking, did West Ham play this week? No, they didn't. They did not. Rue says they did not. Okay. They did not. West Ham did not play this week. We will have to seek clarity on that and come back to you. For any West Ham fans out there going, Oi, I <laughs> wanted you to talk about my match. <laughs> we'll come back no, to that No, I one. don't think they did play. I can't remember anything. No, I think they did Oh, no, no, play. no, no, no. They did, but they beat Sheffield United. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. beat Sheffield United 2-0. Look at that. Not lost it all yet. Get a, a Harry Bow. A little bit up there. Yes, won myself some Harry Bow back. Um, yeah, so yeah, um, I, the only reason I remember was because Jared Bowen got me some fantasy points. So yeah, they they um, they beat Sheffield United. Um, so lots of great games in game week seven. Um, Elliot, you got your hand up? I said last week that Paul Heckingbottom was going to sack the team, but he only made three changes. He did, yeah. You, you were confident they were going to put a team of youngsters out, but um, not quite to be. But again, another loss for um, Sheffield United, wasn't it? And another non-Harry Bowes for Elliot. Oh, yeah, okay, so the Harry Bow. Let's, di- let's address the <laughs> elephant in the room. So I owe each of you Haribo, and I forgot two weeks in a row to bring you said Haribo. So I've got an idea. What? We'll do double or quits. So we'll have one guess, right? Now, if you guys get it right, I'll get you two bags of Haribo each. If I get it right, I owe you no Haribo. No, oh. I can't. Wait, wait. You can say no. Wait, will we have yeah, a guess Yeah, just each? do it. Yeah, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick the score of Everton-Liverpool at the weekend, right? Whoever's closest to it is the winner, all right? So, Rue, what's your prediction? Everton-Liverpool. Skip. That means I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it, so you want... Actually... 3-0 Liverpool. 3-0 Liverpool. 3-1. 3-1 Liverpool. Elliot? I'd rather just take the Harry Bow without the pressure. Okay, all right. So I think what we'll do then is that means I've got to go and get some Harry Bow. Okay, all right. That's fine. Or Are you doing double quits on yours, are you? No. Because if Elliot gets Harry Bow, we know what's going to happen there, don't we? There's going to be there's going to be tears. Okay, all right. Okay, so again, Harry Bow, if you want to sponsor me some Harry Bow, you get me out of a hole here. Please help me out. Cheers. <laughs> All right, so now we are moving swiftly on to topic two. Now, topic two, um, boys, has been all over the press this week. It's all over social media, and it's something which just does not seem to go away. VAR. VAR, yeah. So again, VAR in the headlines for the wrong reasons. So 
here's a question to you both because you've both seen you've experienced football with and without VAR would do, Ruben do you prefer having VAR in a game or not having VAR in a game well as I said earlier when we were practicing no but oh. no because if there's like a serious foul and you're like nope that's a yellow card booze around the stadium and it needs to be in the game in case there's like a serious serious injury and the ref's just like nope nope I'm just going to play on okay Elliot what do you think VAR should be in or shouldn't be in I think VAR should go to the lower leagues because like you said when we were planning uh, as obviously experiencing many years in the championship with Forest you've seen a lot of bad refereeing decisions oh you had to get that in there didn't you Many, many years in the championship. <laughs> yes, um, 23 to be exact. Oh, is it? 27th, I think, isn't it? Something like that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? Far too many to count. But yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it was always the thing in the championship where it was, oh, well, you always get bad referees, shocking decisions, ruin the weekend. Um, and so they brought VAR in and we come to the Premier League and you think, oh, VAR, brilliant. It's the same thing. It's probably more frustrating because you've got a bunch of guys with a video who can rewind it, look at it in slow time and go, yeah, okay, this is the right decision. But they're not. They're making the decisions wrong. They're still making the wrong decisions and it's affecting games still. Now, Liverpool have, have basically said they don't accept PGMOL's apology this week and they've said they want more action. What? The refereeing society? Yeah, that's right. Elliot's refereeing society. <laughs> so Liverpool have come back and said that they don't they, they don't accept their apology. They And and so what are they going to do? They're going to ask for the game to be replayed? They want the point? What You know, where do, where does this go next? What happens? Rue? Game replayed for me. You want to replay games? You think if the decisions are that, that bad, a game should be replayed? Yeah, because the referees have been suspended for this weekend's matches and the rest of the matches for this week so before VAR was a thing it was always a talking point each week you go oh you remember this game definitely offside it was this it was that and there was always a bit of talking point and every week now we seem to be doing the same thing but excuse me with VAR so what do you think needs to change in VAR Elliot they should get robots to referee the matches do you mean actual robots or do you mean artificial intelligence I mean I mean, they should get a cumin to hold out the flag, but they should put a sensor in his uh, in his uh, earpiece to say, right, the robot thinks this is offside, so I give that as offside. So basically, uh, a microphone in, in his ear. For a minute, I thought you were talking like some sort of cyborg thing there. It was half human, <laughs> half referee, half... Well, it's three halves. But yeah, it, it was basically it was a combination of robots and humans with a flag. That's not what you're going for. No. Okay. Although... Although, um, although I think it would be useful, could you imagine the, the robots trying to do the VAR signal? <laughs> and it going... And <laughs> it going haywire. Okay, so... <laughs> so, what, what, basically, before the, in the World Cup, there was uh, an element of, I think, AR, AI, where there was computers that were helping make the offside decisions. And the Premier League were offered that technology and said no. They wanted to continue to wait the way they did. And I remember it in the in the World Cup being quite quick with those decisions were, yeah, it was definitely offside. Okay, that's it. Decisions made where 
what we've seen in, in quite a few games this, this week is that it takes ages and ages and ages. So the Forest-Brentford game, there were two elements of VAR in there, the sending off and the goal, and a couple of substitutions, and that resulted in 13 minutes of time added on. So would a VAR referee basically... Um, and artificial intelligence reduce that time and make the game quicker. Rue, you got your hand up. What do you think? Yeah. Just going back to um, the World Cup, like Elliot said when we were planning, um, they should add like the referee saying their dis- decision. That's a great thing, isn't it? Because they, they did that in the uh, in the Ladies' well, World Cup um, and in the... Um, they do it in rugby as well where basically they'll have that the referees mic'd up so you can hear what what the referee's talking about but um one of the things that i'm not so sure about is that actually going to change anything because if if they're still talking about the decision all we're doing is hearing what they're talking about so will that make a decision or do you think it's the fact that sometimes they're making a decision because they think oh we don't want to upset Jürgen Klopp we we better give, we could better give him this decision because we got another one wrong and they don't want to release that audio do you think that's a thing or do you think that's basically, that's just a conspiracy theory? What they should do is let Howard Webb do the VAR. Okay. Because he's the head of the Remarying Society. So you think there should be one person doing every VAR? One, like, they should get the head of PGMOL mm-hmm. to do the VAR decisions because he knows the rules clean out. But if he's doing it, but surely all the other referees should know the same thing, shouldn't they? Because they're referees, so it shouldn't just be one top guy saying, "Well, I I'm the oracle." You sh- so is it a case then? Do you think that the standard of the referees isn't good enough? Well, I think earlier we were saying that some Premier League referees go to the Championship, and I think without without the VAR technology in the Championship referees struggle because they need it to help them but the 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 argument at the moment is that it's not helping them is it no it, it's not helping us as a community <laughs> community community what's that got to do with the price of vegetables <laughs> i think the, the overall consensus seems to be with var that it's going so wrong it's a tool that was basically used to improve something but it's a tool that's not not working at all. So the the kind of the question is, do we need it? If we do need it, how do we improve it? How do we keep it? Or do we just go, no, do you know what? Get in the bin, VAR. You're a waste of time. I think it's, you keep it, but only use it in like finals. So, okay. So like the, the, the pinnacle of tournaments, it becomes a thing there, but not, okay, right. I like that like, idea. Because they only use... Um, VAR in the championship for the playoff final. Yep, they do. So why can't they only use it for the finals? Okay, that's that's a great idea. Maybe we'll um maybe we'll put some um some hashtags in there and ats in there and see if we can get the uh the Premier League's take on this or the PGMOL's take on this. Rue, what do you think? Should it go or should it stay? Uh, stay. You think you so you like VAR? Do you think it needs improving though? Improving and getting into the championship and League One, okay, and League Two, right. but not going down to the National League. Okay, why is that? Just because the National League's just like you've only like been promoted from like the Wessex Premier League. 
not not quite this is quite quite a few steps in between that but more the point is 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 would you you'd want to put it in all those leagues but you want to stop it at that level because i imagine there's quite a lot of cost involved because you think of the cameras all that kind of stuff it must be expensive so i'm i'm guessing the teams in the premier league pay that rather than the lower league teams so you probably wouldn't see a lot of var at grassroots level and things like that but do you do you like var Ray? do you think it's good you yes. finish that massive yawn and then tell us <laughs> yeah so as a player would you be happy with var at your age group no definitely not <laughs> but we'll look more in depth to that in topic three okay we'll talk about that in topic three okay so the general consensus i feel then is that elliot and rue you're both saying you're okay with var it just needs an improvement like i was saying only use it in the big games Used in the big games, and Rue thinks it should be used in every game ever. You, apart you from grassroots like, apart from and grassroots. national league, and just like the leagues pass. Okay. You you can use it in World Cups and international tournaments all the way through, but I just think in club tournaments, um, you should leave it till the final or semi-finals. Okay, so re- re- reducing the way that it's used and going from there. Okay, I I think that's a, that's a really really good point made. All right, topic three this week is a bit of a different one. So we are talking about grassroots football. Um, <laughs> grassroots. Oh, I can't say anything, can I? I can't say anything. I'm looking for moral support with our, our producer slash um, talent handler. Slash Elliot slash and Ruben. Mummy. <laughs> he, he's shaking her head at me. Um, yeah, so basically grassroots football <laughs> in it gov get in the onion bag bin whatever grassroots football so we um went to see a game this weekend didn't we Rue? who did we see portland united versus bournemouth poppies we did we went to the camp and Sadley stadium and we watched portland um at home to the poppies and did you enjoy the game yes definitely i just enjoyed it 98 point seven percent that's very specific Rue. what i got to ask then what was the one and a bit percent that you didn't enjoy um the refereeing first half stoppages <laughs> okay he, he, he played he played five minutes extra time that, he he did it he only looked at his watch like 57 minutes and what? he was like uh I haven't even indicated any maintenance stoppage. Why have I gone that far? Wow. Okay, that's um, a scathing report there from the like, referee. Um, nope. <laughs> I, I I thought the ref um I thought the referee was very good. Um, but yeah, there, there was an, an unusual amount of stoppage time at the end of the, of, uh, the first half, and for not a lot of stoppages. So yeah, well done for picking that up, Brie. I'm impressed. Um, how did you think that um Portland played? Good. My two favourite players were the goalkeeper. Harrison. Harrison Britton, yep. In the cam. Yeah, so he played. Bryn, he played in in a uh, number ten role. Bryn Doyle. Bryn Doyle. Okay, yeah, both had very good games. Um, Harrison didn't really have much to do in goal, did he? There wasn't a a great deal of shots coming through, but Bryn played some um, some fantastic cross field balls, really sort of spreading the play and moving the ball out wide, and then giving Bournemouth the chances to break down the wings because it, it did become quite congested in the middle of the pitch, didn't it? There was a lot of. Uh, a lot of kind of winning the ball, but not much of it going out wide. And then and Portland scored from it going out wide with um, Greg Borthwick. Um, I don't know how many goals he scored this season, but it was um, 
He's on a rich vein of form. And it was a brilliant goal, wasn't it, Rude? Just slotted it in the far right hand corner, didn't he? And what what did you think of Jay Wickham's uh, the second goal on his debut as well? Good goal, but he could have improved the goal just a tiny bit better. <laughs> oh, so you're the same as Elliot. You're you're now like I don't just want someone to score. I want them to score a wonder goal because. He, he sprinted from the halfway line between two defenders. Great first touch and then really nicely just curved. What were you hoping for then? Uh, Off the bar and in or something? or And then uh, a backflip in the celebration? Oh, no. I was hoping a overhead kick top bins. <laughs> so he's running for on goal. He's got to stop, flick the ball up, do an overhead kick, no, top no. bins, no. And, and that would have been okay. No, him passing out to Doyle on the wing. I don't think no, Brim, Brim was on the pitch at that point. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think Brim was taken off. But passing out to the person on the wing, the person on the wing crossing it in, him by seeing it in, and then him doing a front flip as this celebration. Right, okay, so... So I'm going to tell you something now. So um, when, when we um, when we put this out on social media earlier this week, Portland uh, United um, actually shared the, the little video teaser video that you did, and um, and I was looking through the likes that that got, and um, and Greg um, Greg Borthwick, the goal scorer, he liked the video, and Joe Wickham, the goal scorer, he liked the video as well. So what we'll do is we might see if we can get a message to Joe uh, just to sort of say, you know, Ruben thinks it was a great goal, just a little bit disappointed that you didn't do a front flip celebration. And we'll, we'll see if Joe can um, if Joe can work in a front flip celebration next time he scores for Portland, yeah? Yeah. We'll have to ask the question. Wow. Okay, Elliot. Well, it wasn't the goal he technically already scored a one to go, aren't you asking too much? Because he sprinted <laughs> between two defenders. Well, like I say, I, I think he was a very, very well taken goal. He showed absolutely lightning pace between two defenders. Um, and first touch was, was really... You see a lot of players in this time when they rush their first touch and the ball can bobble and then it makes the second touch really hard. The goalkeeper coming out, you've got pressure from behind you. It was a great first touch and a really cool finish. And I think... That's the one thing that I took away from that was it's the important, nice, cool finish to slot it in there. So, um, yeah, great goal. Keep them coming, Joe. And uh, I think Rue's going to ask if you can uh, if you can really work on a front flip celebration. So turning that back around at you then, Rue, because you play um, under nines football. Who do you play for? Chickwell United. So you play Chickwell United under nines football. So when you score, how many front flip celebrations do you do? <laughs> right okay so it's just joe's got to do them is he not you okay so what's your favorite bit about playing football uh that i get to score the goals okay so it's not that it's a team sport you're all about the glory banging the goals in the net it's, yeah. it's okay to be like that it's fine yeah. it's not a problem i'd say banging the goals in the back of the net you enjoy that and you played against who this week weymouth under nines so weymouth football club under nines um uh what was the score at half time 2-0 to Weymouth. And full-time score? 3-2 to Chick Call. Okay, so what a comeback that was. And really enjoyed the game. No backflips? Just just double-checking that. No backflips anywhere? No. Okay. You were at it. <laughs> I know. Well, people don't. People listening don't know that I was there, but that's why I'm asking you. So, um, what's your favourite thing um, about during a game as a player that you experience? What's your favourite? Aside from scoring goals, what um, else do you like about being on that pitch? The um, the noise. Okay, what from the 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 parents and the fans and that all around you? Yeah. Does, does it sort of encourage you to do more? Okay. Anything else? 
Can I tell them that our next game? You can you can talk to people. Yeah, sure. Our next game is up in Merley against. M- no. Nope. It's oh. at, at home. Oh yeah. To the it's at home to this Bournemouth Academy side. <laughs> this and Bournemouth Academy side. <laughs> Football and Academy Bournemouth is yes. who you're playing on Sunday. Yeah. And if you're an under nines player and you either play for Merley Cobham. Cobham. Cobham <laughs> or Weymouth. Way- Weymouth will n- Weymouth players will know this, but. They shoot from the edge of the box. <laughs> <laughs> so Rue's Ru, giving his scouting tips out here. Rue's Ru's letting you know. So yeah, we, we we did watch a bit of their game the other week, and, and um, um, Football Academy Bournemouth have got some fantastic players um, and really accomplished uh, finishing from from outside the box as well. They they play some really really good football. So um, you're going to be on the receiving end of that this week, Rue. So you've got to. Uh, you got to get your tackles in and get your game on and um and carry on playing um grassroots football. It was the um FA um Play Safe initiative this weekend as well. So the campaign about safeguarding football as well. A lot of really important stuff there for parents and um for young clubs, uh, young children and clubs to have a look at. So head over to the FA website, have a look at the Play Safe campaign there as well. Elliot, you're itching to say something. <laughs> also, the Football Academy Bournemouth coach when we were at one game, he came over and spoke to us because I think his team were playing after you. That's right, yes. Yeah. So he, he was scouting the opposition, wasn't he? He was checking us out to see see what was going on. But it's football, isn't it? It's youth football, so there's, the results don't matter. It's all about getting on that pitch and having fun, isn't it? That's what we're there to do. Well, Bournemouth Academy looked like a tough side. I reckon I'm only going to score two or three goals. You're only going to score two or three goals. Wow, okay. All right. We'll, we'll check in next week. It's a very confident prediction for Rue. We, like, we like that. We'll do a little round-up next week. Okay. We'll pick up a section on Chick United under-9s next week and see how you've, get on, uh, you've got on, Rue. So is there anything else that we need to say to our listeners? Anything else that we want to chat about this week? Our, our feature. feature. Okay, the features. Are you ready for this? Yes. Expecting that, were you? No. It's football feature three, four, five, four, five. Yeah. Is it four? It could be five. 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 Okay, right. We weren't <laughs> sure there. So, what we said this week was we we really enjoyed the footy scram one the other week, didn't we? So we decided that we would do something that um people could check out as well. So um it's a shame we're not videoing this because I've got my glamorous assistant here holding an, an iPad <laughs> showing me um all the pictures of these grounds. So what we asked the kids to do was to pick out the most interesting or scenic football grounds that they could find. So if you're listening at home and you've got um a device, an Apple uh, iPad or um, a phone or any tablet other other brands are available um that you can um you can look at um just just kind of go along with us on here so um elliot you picked the first one didn't you which was um estadia bbva guadalupe mexico which is home of monterey football club and uh just have a look at this stadium if, if you're looking at home or, or look it up it's absolutely phenomenal the view from one end is just absolutely phenomenal you've got the amazing mountains in the background in front of a packed um aerodrome like stadium it's absolutely phenomenal why did you pick that one elliot why did you like that one 
because I thought the fans get view of the mountains as well as the view of the football. So if the football's rubbish, we can look at the mountains. But then after a while, the mountains... Rubbish, so you look at the football. (laughs) 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 Okay, I like that. All right. Your second one, Elliot, was the float at Marina Bay, Singapore. So tell us about this one. Well, my only concern is that it's in water. And if you kick the ball over, a a walrus might kick it over. (laughs) Jump out of the sea and catch the ball. All right, so if those of you that aren't Googling these images as we go, it's the float of Marina Bay, Singapore. And this is literally a football pitch, which is in the middle of a marina. Um, so it, it's a bay that's floating. Uh, it's, it's a football pitch that's floating out in the bay. And there's a small stand that's kind of linked to the back of it. So this was the temporary stadium for the Singapore national team. Um, and yeah, it, it's got a lot of floodlights and what look like large nets around it. But I, I'm convinced, <laughs> I think that Nicholas Jackson would lose a lot of footballs into the sea if he played here. Rue. I was just about to say, uh, a walrus wouldn't come because there's nets. Okay, the walrus wouldn't come because there's nets, right. And Elliot... Unless he broke through the nets. What's that there, Captain? Oh, it's a Premier League football. I wonder who kicked that. It was that bloke called <laughs> Nicholas Jackson. Okay, cool. All right, so... And then the last one right here goes... Stadion Gospin Dolak Imotski in Croatia. Elliot, tell us about this one. Describe it to our listeners. It's basically like, um, it's how, what, what is it? <laughs> it's a football ground that looks like it's basically uh, in and amongst kind of like a, a quarry or like the bottom of a really sort of defined mountain. And um, there's sort of lots of villages, uh, of, like sort of houses around it on one side, and then kind of like the raw kind of cliff face, cliff face sort of um, hillside on the right hand side. It's a very, very picturesque thing. Um, uh, it's I think it's um, Imotski from Croatia play their home games there, but it looks like an absolutely amazing ground. Again, I, I would just worry as a, as a centre back if you're kind of like looking around and thinking, God, this is nice. Look at the view. Oh, you've lost your runner. He's gone through. Joe Wickham's gone through and he's he's scored and he's, he's practising his backflips. Um, all right, so Rue, you picked some cracking grounds here. So the first one is um, Arena, uh, sorry, Arena, we'll try that again. Arena Combatare in Tirana, Albania. Talk us, talk us through this one, Rue. I liked it because it had like nice bright colours and a, like a little tall building on the right hand side and i like the shape of it as well it's really cool isn't it so this is a um a red and white stadium that looks like it has kind of like a high-rise tower building coming out of one of the corners from it but it's all done in a very colorful what looks like glass and things with it very modern looking but it looks like a really cool ground i I do like it okay and then your second one rue was in portugal was braga's stadium uh, the the braga municipal stadium in Braga in Portugal. Talk us through this one. I liked it because it's like right next to an old mountain cliff or a quarry like you said for one of Elliot's. Yeah. And it's got like this tiny little like roof net going over the top of it. But it's in like a very, very light white, I would say. Okay, so I've got a question for you. Do you think the net is to stop balls going out or stop rocks coming in? Or is it for seagulls, pesky seagulls? Rocks. Rocks, okay. Both. What, like seagulls and rocks? <laughs> no, balls and rocks. Balls and rocks, and not seagulls. Not as in the charging balls, but... <laughs> why did I... Balls? <laughs> <laughs> Four. 
to stop bulls coming in. What, like... Bulls like often fly, <laughs> don't they? Off mountains, you donut. Yeah, All right, and then, Rue, your last one was uh, home of Philadelphia Union, Subaru Park. Why this one? Because it's got, like, a bridge going across it, and I like the bridge because when you see, like, a sunrise picture, it's like the bridge is so light like uh, really orange okay so it's but really scenic yeah but the picture you've got there is like on a cloudy oh, day oh dear the researcher put the wrong picture on researcher oh dear yeah, terrible researcher oh wow <laughs> shots fired researcher fire anyway fire. so yeah i i can see the appeal from that because i think the, the, the pitch uh, it looks to be honest it looks like a very average stadium in terms of there's seats that there's there's a you know a stadium bit but in the background there is a mahoosive bridge and like you say Rue, if the sun's going uh down over there it, it, it must look very very nice the researcher is frantically trying to find this picture now but um we we won't worry about that anyway so i think let me just check yeah, I thought so. That wraps up our um, our week here now, boys. So that is um, episode five done. Now, what we potentially may have for you next week, and we can't make any promises, but what might we have next week? Our very first guest. Yes, yeah. so we just got to confirm it, but we might have a guest here next week. So the, the boys are going to be throwing some questions at... Um, at a, a a top top football coach okay? and a Chelsea fan and potentially a Chelsea fan yeah so, so it will be two on two potentially like we say we haven't confirmed anything yet but you potentially may have a guest next week okay which will be really exciting for you all right so anything else you boys want to add uh see you next week uh, make next. sure you keep looking at our Facebook Instagram and TikTok. TikTok or whatever it is called these days. Pages. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> A million years old. Wow. Also, keep tuning in and uh, find out if we got a guest. We're going to leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger there. Okay. A bit like the Braga Stadium. <laughs> uh, see you next week and bye. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your supports and comments as well on social media. You've been listening to Kids for a Quid, the football podcast by kids. <laughs>